Hey everyone, welcome to episode 127 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin, and joining me again as co-host is Maribel Tapia. Um, our guest this week is actually one of the Democrat candidates for Washington County Judge, Josh Moody. Um, some of the initial minutes of the conversation were cut off, unfortunately, uh, whenever we were recording, but we did get the biggest portion of the interview, and uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Um, I don't know why I'm going to bring this up, but I'll talk about the trauma when I was born. I actually had mm. the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck when oh. I came out. Mm. And so there, there was, a, you know, a, a hazardous situation, a choking situation. And I feel, I feel like that, as weird as it sounds, I feel like that very initial developmental milestone kind of, um, I don't know, kind of set me on a certain path to, to, to fight. Mm. In, in a sense, to fight for people, fight for myself, advocate for myself, advocate mm. for those around me. So um, I think that's one of a few things that kind of set me on that course. And for those that don't know you, for those that are, are hearing about you for the first time, can you give a little bit of background of like what you've been doing? I know that you've already been working in the system. Sure. Uh, so want to hear definitely about that. Right. So uh, and just to kind of go back, I, I was born in Washington County. I lived here for a few years. I grew up in southwest Arkansas, but now I've been back up in Fayetteville, Washington County for 21 years based out of here. I came back up here to go to the university. Um, most of the past eight years I spent teaching at the Washington County Juvenile Detention Center. So I've worked with Washington County's most vulnerable kids, mm. most vulnerable, most at-risk kids. Um, and it was, it was working in that role is when I decided, you know what, well first of all I started paying more attention to county government, how it's working, how it's not working so much. And especially in the last couple of years with the pandemic, it's been very clear that uh, those in, in power with the county are not concerned about most people. They're just mm. concerned about uh, earning political points and yeah. kind of, you know, setting themselves apart uh, for their own races or political ambitions. And, and I think that county government, local government, state, all government is supposed to be about public service, not about earning political points, not about, you know, making splashy headlines or whatever. I think it's about actually helping people. And so um, I've been a, I'm a 14 year teacher. I earned a business degree, so I, I'm a 14 year teacher with a business background. I like to say that I have a heart for service, but a mind for business. So I feel like a, that's a good uh, a mesh and mash of things that's, that's to come. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think that that will serve me well as county judge, which, you know, most people hear judge and they think that's a, don't you have to be a lawyer to do that? You know, mm -hmm. that's, it's not that kind of judge. Uh, it's the executive of the county. So what I tell most people, because every other person I talk to, we have the same conversation. Uh, it's like mayor of the county is mm -hmm. the best way to explain it. The executive of the county. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, and it's, and that was something that I initially didn't know. Yeah. I, this I assumed that I you were. <laughs> I didn't know that. Right, yeah. exactly. Well, I, I probably only learned that I don't know five years ago, maybe. Because okay. I mean, no, I don't feel so bad. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and other states, you know, in Arkansas, it's county judge, but in other states, it's county director or administrator. Some that are, makes some it's sense. even county mayor actually. Okay. So you know, manager, executive, any of those make more sense than judge, but. I think it goes back from, you know, in the 1800s in Arkansas when the county judge was the judge as well and, and all the other, played all the other roles. So that's my assumption. Anyway, if and when I win, I will definitely be lobbying the state of Arkansas to change the name because it's confusing for voters, yeah. needlessly. Definitely, definitely. And so what, what made you want to run specifically for this position? Well... Uh, you touched on it a little bit already, but just... Sure, well, um, so... 
I'll back up a little bit. Um, in 2018 is when there was an initial uh, talk by the Quorum Court, which is like the city council for the county, is how I describe it, um, talking about expanding the jail. The sheriff was asking to expand the jail, and I was, I was of the mindset that that wasn't necessary. Maybe some yeah. more programs could be put in rather than expanding the jail. Anyway, we successfully shut that down at the time because on, on my side, it was a humanitarian issue. Let's not lock up as many people. On the yeah. Republican side, it was for fiscal reasons. They, they didn't want to raise taxes. And then because teaching at the JDC, I, I've, I've definitely learned a lot about the juvenile, or not just juvenile, but the justice system as, a, as an overall, uh, overall on the local level as well as the, on the national level. And there's a, there's a bipartisan movement in recent years for the reason that I stated, you know, I think it, because, you know, I'm, I care about people, but it's also because it's, it's, you know, when you lock people up, you're essentially setting money on fire. Mm. Now, some pe- there are some people that might need to be put away for, for safety reasons, but many of the people that are currently at the jail are there simply because they're, as you well know, simply because they're too poor to get out. Yeah. They cannot afford bail. They might not, they, it might, might be a very a nonviolent misdemeanor, innocent, well, not necessarily misdemeanor, but nonviolent mm-hmm. or failure to appear. And, and I know I'm preaching to the choir those here, big but FTA exactly, uh, bonds are crazy. Exactly, and and those people aren't necessarily trying to run away. They just missed an appointment, so to mm-hmm. speak. They missed a court date. Maybe they had to work, or maybe they didn't have a ride, or you know whatever the case may be. That and, ride part is super like important to point out because it happens so much. Right, I see it every week. Exactly, I'm sure you do. And, and you can't even call and be like, "Hey, I didn't have a ride," or or something happened because then they'll be like, "Oh, well, you gotta turn yourself in." And then you show up, and it's, and it's like you get arrested, right? Wow. And it happens so many times. You know, there are some times when they're able to get that, you know, that good public defender that is able to get them back on the docket, but a lot of the times they don't, and right. you just gotta get put behind jail for months, just waiting to before you're even found guilty. Just crazy, right? And um, and as you know, most of the people that are currently in the county jail are there pre-trial, which means innocent until mm. proven guilty. Yeah. That's our, that's the laws that our country is based on, innocent until proven guilty. And if they're innocent until proven guilty, then why are they incarcerated? Now, yeah. there are some other options that I would be okay with that would not only save taxpayer dollars, but also allow these people to continue to work, continue to provide for their family, and that kind of thing. Uh, as you probably know, three days of incarceration can throw off employment, housing, mm-hmm. family relationships, everything. Just three days. Yeah. And And... A lot of these people are there for months on end. In fact, sometimes years on end waiting for a trial. And so, and a person that is locked up awaiting trial compared to a person that's out on bond waiting for a trial, those two people are treated differently when it comes to a disposition or a trial just because they've been locked up. It's like mm-hmm. that assumption is there, even though innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So it doesn't really apply. I'm not just a, a, a justice reform candidate, though that is what's first made me start want to do this. Um, The county is in the process of receiving $50 million in COVID relief funds and CARES money and American Rescue money. We'll we'll receive another 23 sometime soon, but a total of $50 million. And that that, those dollars are supposed to be used to help people that are disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, um, minority populations and poverty populations, those kind of things. That's what it's intended for, but the current 
officials are trying to use that to expand the jail. They're trying yeah. to basically a loophole, an end around on that, which if they want to expand the jail, they should be forthcoming with the voters that, you know what, you're going to end up having to pay this back. So why not just go ahead and say, you're going to pay for this. Do you want to do that or not? Rather mm -hmm. than surprise everybody in a few years. Yeah. Um, so what I would like to invest that those dollars in is uh, expanding drug court, expanding veteran services mm -hmm. and veterans court, implementing a mental health court, which is a thing that exists in some places, including Jonesboro, Craighead County in Northeast Arkansas. And I think it's been in place there for like 10 years and it's done good, positive things. All these things have reduced recidivism rates or incarceration rates, uh, as well as uh, implement some more homelessness services or coordinate mm -hmm. more homelessness services. Because yes. as we all know, I mean, it's become it, it's become a in South Fayetteville, where I've ridden my bicycle a lot. I see a lot of people dealing with that down by Seven Hills, New Beginnings, those places. Yeah. I know it's here as well. And and the pandemic has only made that worse. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, it's been made worse due to mental illness issues, but also because, you know, some people are raising rent four or $500 a month just like that. And it, literally people die on the street. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like we can do better. Not only should we do better, but we right now we can help people. We have this, these resources to help people. Northwest Arkansas is a resource rich but coordination poor mm. area. And I know that there are a lot of good people trying to do good things. But as far as somebody taking that leadership role to help coordinate it to, to reach the most people possible, I think I think it it it, it requires more leadership on on a local government level, and I want to I want to fill that role because I think that it's important. One of the things that I've noticed, because I've been invited to a lot of like different committee meetings in the county um, about a range of issues, right? And no one ever really comes up with a solution. Like I feel like everybody that gets invited to those meetings, which are people in elected positions, they're only talking to hear themselves speak. Right. They only take time, like, because they want to be heard. But after the meeting's over, there's never really any, like, there's never any resolution. And, and, and it's frustrating because going back to what you said about it being, you know, like resource rich. But, you know, the folks that are in these positions of power, for some reason, don't do anything effectively that positively changes this. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, during the during when the pandemic spiked up, um, I believe that the jail roster in Washington County was close to like 800, right. 800 people. And, and I know that people within the, the jail and the prosecutor worked to bring it down to like 400 for a little bit, but then it went back up. And, and I speak to people all the time at the jail, as you, as you all know. And yeah, there's some people in there that shouldn't be in there or something happened that could have been avoided if someone in leadership could have been, you know, kind of, could have uh, used their power to change things for them. And, and it's crazy for me to see just how no one's really taking that initiative when they have the power to do so. Right. And Irvin, you said it. In 2020, we found a way to coordinate, uh, you know, coordinate a way to get people to reduce the numbers in the jail. It is possible. The judges, the prosecutors, the sheriff, the public defenders, they, they found a way then. They can find a way still. There, the county paid for a, uh, an independent study in 2019 when, when the last jail expansion talk was happening, and they paid $60,000 to the National Center for State Courts and said, you know, analyze our justice system, tell us what we can do. And a year later, August of 2020, they came back with a, a 10 to 12 things. 
And we've only implemented one of those things, and that was forming a criminal justice coordinating committee, which is a step in the right direction. It's taking all of those people that I just mentioned and bringing them together, including some nonprofits and some social workers and other roles to have conversations about what we can do. And and there's been it's been moving so slowly though. Yeah. And it's like that was one of the meetings I went to. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and I've sat in on some of them too, and it's just. Like you said, we're, we we can do things. We're just nobody's wanting to step up and start doing it, and 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 then know, there's folks in the system that see this that see the things that need to be done, but they want to remain. They want to keep the things the, the same way that like they've been for decades. They don't want to change. Right. They're afraid of of changing things. Right. Uh, and I'm talking about like they're afraid of changing the way they do things, and that causes like no change to happen right. because they're stuck in their old ways change is scary i get it but the only constant is change so yeah. you know let's let's there's a national movement and there should be a local movement to 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 move towards rehabilitative and proactive services because those not only help more people but they also save money and you know if if you're going to invest in somebody would you rather invest in warehousing them for 20 years or would you rather invest in turning them into productive people taxpayers yeah. you know people that are able to earn a living and, and take care of their family and that kind of thing and to me that's a no-brainer we're that getting is, a return that's on too that. much common sense <laughs> exactly exactly we don't use common sense yeah, around that's here. right well and as you know because you've been to some of the core import meetings they yeah the common what you were talking about a minute ago, they they don't compromise. They don't listen to each other. They talk over each other. And, you know, I am a progressive. I always have been. But I've learned that the more we talk, the more I've talked to my conservative friends, the more I realize we all have more in common than what separates us. Yeah. So let's stop arguing about these things that we might not agree on on either side and come together on the majority of things, um, you know. I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, going back to the whole common sense thing, it makes sense for people to get mental health treatment. Yes. Right. It makes sense for people to get uh, drug treatment because if you don't tackle the root of the problem, the problem will continue, right? And I feel exactly. like I'm preaching to everybody in the studio right now, right? right? But <laughs> for everybody listening, like these issues are, are uh, super important to highlight because... That's why the jail roster is the way that it is, because there's a lot of folks that are not getting the treatment that they need that, you know, don't have a place to live. So if they are still battling with drugs, you know, they get caught on the street by a police officer because they don't have a home, you know, and they're still battling their addiction. And a lot of the times if you don't really guide someone to those to those centers where they can get help, they don't go themselves, you know, unless you talk to them. And of course, everybody needs to make that decision to to get treatment when they want to get treatment. But it helps when someone shows, you know, empathy and, and says, hey, you know, like this is a center here where you can get help. But then then you think about resources. Resources are really low, too. The stabilization unit closed down and we would send a lot of our clients there to get help, you know, when they had um, some sort of addiction. And that closed down. And and I didn't understand why that closed down. I mean, I get I know technically why it closed down, but I don't understand why it got to that point. Well, and I'm glad you bring that up because I would love to talk about that. It closed down last June, the Crisis Stabilization Unit, CSU, that that brought people from all over Northwest Arkansas having a mental health episode. Mm -hmm. And when law enforcement was called, rather than taking them to the jail, they would take them to the CSU. And it closed in June, so 11 months ago, almost a year ago. 
over $43,000 a month. That was, that was what it was over because yeah. the, the state was investing so much money on the two-year pilot program and that and then they were going to reduce what they gave it was forty three thousand dollars a month meanwhile last spring of 21 right before this happened the quorum court decided to take 3.4 million dollars in cares money and just put it in the general reserves for a rainy day that was the words that they used for a rainy day Mm -hmm. never never mind that it was raining on plenty of people then and Mm -hmm. still now And so they had millions of dollars that they wanted to put away for a, a future project, I guess. And then, but they could have kept the CSU open that whole time. The yeah. CSU could have been open this whole time, helping hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's supposed to be opening back up soon. Yeah. But just imagine. I mean, it's so much easier to keep something open rather than to shut it down and then mm-hmm. reopen it and rehire and do all yeah. that as we're seeing now. And, and so that that was very short sighted, and it shows that. Most of the people that are on the quorum court and the current county administration are not concerned about the lesser of these, right? Yeah. The, the, the people that we're all supposed to be caring for. Talking about uh, just how, like, the, j- the jail expanding is not the answer and you getting that, like, insider um, knowledge when you were working at the juvenile detention center. I started really getting it, really, like, expanding my knowledge in the criminal justice system when I started working for the Bell Project. I knew the basics and I knew, you know, that that jails are bad for the most part and that they're overpopulated and that we have, in Arkansas specifically, we have, like, we lock up uh, the most people. If I think we're we're not first, we're close to first. Right. Washington County is one of the most incarcerated and the fourth, Arkansas is the fourth most incarcerated Mm -hmm. and the most incarcerated country in the world. Obviously, mm-hmm. something's got to give. We're doing something wrong here. Yeah, so, so like, I, like I said, when I started working with the Bell Project, that's kind of when I started kind of knowing more and understanding and, and, and even having more empathy because I feel like when you're, uh, when you're there, you, you even become even more empathetic than what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, where did your journey start with that when you started really knowing all this insider information? Was it when you started working at the Juvenile Detention Center or did you already, had you already, like, looked into this before? Um... This specifically, definitely at JDC, um, you know, my, both of my parents were educators as well. Um, and so, I, you know, I, for 14 years, I've kind of followed that path. But definitely the eight years at JDC taught me more about the whole system as a whole. And, you know, of course, we all have family and friends that have had legal issues and that kind of thing as well. And so seeing what they go through, whether whether they deserve to or not. Um, but while at JDC, I just wanted to say that in 2016, JDC was busting at the seams as well. Mm. Uh, Pre-COVID, the capacity at JDC was 36 kids, and we had like 40 kids. So even there, we did have kids sleeping on the floor. I mean, on mats, but still Mm. on the floor, just like we have at the jail now. And I helped create a diversion program for some of these kids, some moderate to high-risk kids that kept getting locked up every couple of months. And and I'm, I'm proud to say that's still going strong now. And, and that was pulling from kids all over Washington County, Fayette, Springdale, Fayetteville, mostly. And um, since then, that diversion program, plus other diversion programs that we've used in the juvenile world, that's brought down numbers. Like right now, on average, JDC has 10 to 12 kids, which in that's my cool. mind is still too many kids <laughs> being locked up. But at the same time, that's a whole lot better than it was six years ago. And so I'm not just talking about justice reform. I've been part of it. I've seen it. It works. It's successful. Right. So 
you've um, maybe you've interacted with your opponent already. I'm not sure how how much you've interacted besides the debate. Um, what do you feel are some of the differences uh, from you than from like your opponent? What What do you think? Uh, you, what separates you? Yeah, from? what separates you? Thank you for helping me with that. Sure. Well, and he has ro county roads experience. That's his thing, and that's that's what he's pulling from. And roads are important. My kids live on a county road, so they're very important to me too. Um, but the county's bigger than that. The county judge actually oversees 16 different departments, including roads department, including JDC, animal shelter, archives. It's kind of, you know, like I said, 16. Um, I think his focus is more, what can we do with the roads? Quite honestly, talking with members of the roads department, you know, not all leadership is good leadership, and, and they have not had good leadership in that, in that department for years, including my opponent. And that's not coming from me, that's coming from people that work within the road department. Um, and so I think he's pretty laser focused on that. What I'm doing, I'm, 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 I am talking about common ground and compromise. I have been going to these quorum court meetings for years now. I'm the only out of there, because there are six total. There are two in the Democrat and four in the Republican side running for county judge. I'm the only one that's been attending these county meetings, most county meetings, for years now. And still, even during the campaign, I'm, I'm attending most of them. And not, none of the other candidates can say that. Some of them have showed up to one or two. But I know what's happening throughout the county with, with many departments, um, how it's working, how the money's being spent, uh, whether it's been spent appropriately. Um, I am running on purple. I am running on bringing red and blue together. Like I mentioned earlier, I am progressive, but I, I want to work with people for the good of people. Mm. When I become county judge, I'm not going to be the Democrat county judge. I'm going to be the Washington county judge, and I'm going to mm. serve all residents within the county, mm. whether it's urban like Fayetteville, Springdale, or rural like, you know, I, I went to a, uh, a lady's house about a month ago. She reached out to me on Facebook, said, hey, I have a problem. What do you think of this? I got on the phone with her. We talked. She said, why don't you come out to my place? It's, it's outside of Prairie Grove. I said, okay. I, she gave me the address. It was a county road off a county road. Like it was, I was mm. starting to wonder, where am I going right now? You know? Boonies. That's right. Yeah. So, but I went and met with her and I spent an hour with her talking to her and her husband and met their daughter. And then I met the neighbor. Mm. I'm showing up. Yeah. I think if, if nothing else, that's what I'm doing. I'm showing up everywhere. I'm, you know, I, I have a full-time job as well. I, I'm, I am teaching. I only have 11 more days, uh, not that I'm counting. <laughs> Where are you teaching guy? I might have missed that. Oh, yeah. I'm currently at McNair Middle School teaching okay. PE. Yeah, wrapping up the semester there. Gotcha. Um, so, um, but I, I'm showing up. You know, it's teach, campaign, sleep. And, and, and my wife's doing, you know, we're, we're, we're showing up as a family unit. Yeah. And I, I, multiple events a day, really. So I'll continue to show up. I will continue to be uh, aware of the county issues and concerns. And because I'm, you know, I am a teacher, I will have summer. I'm not teaching next year because I'm in it to win it. I'm in it yeah. to focus on meeting anybody and everybody in the county that I can to talk yeah. to about all the issues, what their concerns are, not what my concerns are necessarily. What you know, what are your issues? What do you need? Uh, what do you need fixed? Right. My opponent. He, he has his own business, which is you know great for him, but he has no time. I've already seen in the last four months, he doesn't have time to get out and campaign. Yeah. Um, I, I'm showing up to every event that I, you know, sometimes I'm double and triple booked, but I'm trying to get to as many things as I can. There's only one of me. But in the summer and fall, I'm, I'm going to be spending all that time reaching out to every corner, mm. every voter, every, you know, 
every person that has concerns, every resident, even if they're not voters, because I know that we have a lot of people here that unfortunately, for whatever re one reason or another, are not able to vote. That doesn't mean they don't matter. If they reside in Washington County, they matter. Yes. So when you get elected, That's right. what is the first issue that you're going to tackle? Like, what's the first thing on your list? I think when I'm elected, um, that's going to be a mandate by the voters of our county to the quorum court saying, you guys, and guys as in men and women, you need to start working together. You need to actually come to these meetings with an open mind uh, and start compromising on issues rather than it's either this way or that way. And it doesn't matter who the 15 people, because there are 15 people that serve, and currently it's 11 to 4, supermajority Republican. Regardless of who's in those seats come January, I think my election, based on my message, is telling them they need to start working together. There are some departments that will need to be cleaned up. Um, I'm, I'm aware of uh, some issues at the roads department. I'm aware of some issues within the county attorney's uh, department. And so, I, I, but for the first probably three months, actually before that, this summer, this fall, after the election, if things go as I hope, I'm already going to be talking to people in all the departments and not just the department heads. Mm -hmm. I feel like the county judge wants to go to the department heads and say, you know, this is what you need to be doing. No, I need to talk to everybody in the department. What are the barriers you're, you face? What do you need to be successful? I think leadership is I'm a resource to you, not this is what you're going to do, but how can I help you? That's what true leadership is. And so I, I want to do that throughout all the departments that I'll oversee. I will be presiding over the quorum court and I'll demand, you know, respect to be shown on all sides. I will demand that public comment is available to anybody who wishes to be heard mm -hmm. within reason. Of course, we can't go until 3 a.m. But at the same time, sometimes people have been cut off when it's even a short meeting. And, and you know, that's not. 3 a.m. We'll leave that to Fable City Council. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to like two That's, or three. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so I, I will have an open door policy. Um, it re, so it's an open seat. The current county judge is running for lieutenant governor. So whoever wins is going to be new to that job. And we, as we all know, every new job you have, there's on the job training, on the job learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to be humble and I'm going to say, I, I, I'm here to learn. I'm going to go to each department. What do you need from me? How can I help you? what are the functions of your department? Because I'm still, I'm learning every day now what all the role entails. It's yeah. a lot. I'm up for the job though. I'm ready for it. I, I Little did I know I've been preparing for this job for years now. I didn't mm. even realize it until I decided to start running. And going back to your Republican opponents, uh, I'm not sure if there's been more de more uh, debates, but I saw this last one and none of the Republican ones showed up. That's right. How did that make you feel? I think that spoke to the concern yeah. that they have for showing up and answering questions. Um, I mean, I, they are elected officials. Yeah. Exactly. They, so based on what I understand, three said that they had something else to do. They, they didn't give a reason, but said they were you know, just unavailable. One guy did say that he was going to go and then texted when it was almost over saying, yeah, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and, so, and so when I say I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up. Yeah. And, and, you know, for the record, uh, the first candidate... That was only, the, well, yeah, that was the second one that I attended. And I've, I've attended all three that I've been invited to, which, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a nonpartisan thing, you have to invite all six candidates. And I'm the only one that's shown up to mm -hmm. vote, to, actually to all three. I'm the only one that's shown up to all three that I was mm -hmm. invited to. I'm going to show up. 
Actually, four maybe. I mean, you know, I could go on. There are. Well, you're there are, showing people that you're not only going to just show up for the debates, but you're going to show up for them. So uh, that's yeah. That's a really uh, cool thing to see. Yeah, like I've been telling people lately, and this occurred to me: campaigning is t- saying that you care, and the job itself is showing that you care. But mm. I think what I'm doing right now already is showing up, showing that I care. And where can people reach your campaign if they want to donate, volunteer? Uh, where are you uh, on social media? Okay, so changethemood.us, changethemood.us is the website. I there's love al- that. <laughs> that's right. I just got that. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Right. <laughs> now, th- there's also uh, voting locations, voting times on the website. Uh, I believe Voter View, which is where you can you can put in your name and birth date and figure yeah. out what all your your um, like you can get a sample ballot and figure out what all you're going to vote on because I encourage people to show up and vote to actually know what they're voting on, which, you know, we've all been yeah. guilty of showing up and right. wait, being like, wait, what's this over here? I'll just check this one. I mean, it happens. Which but... Supreme Court candidate should Right. So, um, so that's, that's the website, the socials. Uh, Facebook is Josh Moody for Washington County Judge. Uh, and then Instagram and Twitter are jo- at Josh Moody AR, J O S H M O O D Y A R. Um, I'm not on TikTok or anything because I guess I'm too old you for that. Be. <laughs> I know, you I know, be on I know. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it's free the, advertising. That's right. Maybe if things go well this month, which I'm hoping for, um, you know, May 24th is election day. Early voting is now. Yeah. Um, if things go as well, we, you know, might. Get a, get a social media manager involved that is savvy enough to do all the socials. But all right, hey, so hey. we have options. So, but yeah, that's that's how you can find me. I'll even give my number. My four, my cell phone number is four seven nine four two two one eight one eight. Uh, you can remember that four divided by two is two, and eighteen is the voting age. So you're such a teacher. So please what? holler. One last message, uh, as I know you've already kind of touched on all of this throughout the entire interview, but one final message uh, as to why people should vote for you. I'm Josh Moody. I've been, I'm going to show up for you. I've been showing up for people. I've been advocating for people for years now. Um, I'm, I'm trying to change the world just one little bit at a time because a lot of us need some change, and I, I think I'm the guy for the job. Sounds good. There you, you got go. My vote. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, that's the end of the episode for this week. That was episode 127 with uh, Democrat candidate Josh Moody running for Washington County judge. So if you're in Washington County, make sure that you vote for Josh. Thank you for joining us, Josh. Thank you very much. Thank Gracias. you both for having me. De nada. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. Have a good.